Welcome to the Psychedelic Integration Podcast. I'm Sinclair Fleetwood, your psychedelic life coach, and I teach you how to connect with your soul mission, follow your heart, and make lasting changes in your life by creating a sacred spiritual partnership with plant medicines. Learn easy tools, tips, and integration strategies that will demystify the psychedelic renaissance and open the way for you to come back home to yourself. If I can do it, you can do it too. Find out how here. Hey family, I'm Sinclair Fleetwood. Welcome to the Psychedelic Integration Podcast. So glad to have you here. And before we get started on what is going to be a pretty deep podcast episode today, I want to remind you that you're not alone. If you're listening to this show and you like what I talk about and how I talk about it, go to my website and check out the resources that are there. I have master classes. I have digital courses that you can do self-paced, do it yourself, walking yourself through this work in a detailed way with a curriculum that holds your hand every step of the way. And you can sign up for a free 30-minute connection and clarity call with me to talk to me one-on-one. There's no obligation to sign up with me as a client. Um, The call is there for us to get to know each other, for you to experience what it's like to be coached by me and to decide if this is something that you want to invite into your life. And I also offer a single deep deep dive session. Maybe you had a challenging psychedelic journey. Maybe there's some, you know, some stuckness in your life that you want to address. I can coach you on anything. Bring it to me. Let's get into it. So visit my website, SinclairFleetwood.com and get the support that you need. There is so much there to, to help you. So let's talk about what's going on in the world. Um, in case you've been living under a rock, you will be aware that there is a quickly escalating violent war going on between Israel and, well, Hamas. Uh, but really what's happening is Israel is killing innocent civilians and children and like bombing the shit out of Gaza, um, where mostly Palestinian people are living. And, you know, it's a continuation of a, a long time feud between these two groups. And I want to start out by saying before we start talking about this, that I am not purporting to have any kind of historical knowledge or understanding of this conflict or either side of the conflict. Like, I am a white girl from from the panhandle of Texas. I did not grow up, you know, understanding what's going on in that part of the world. I don't, (laughs) it's not something that I've studied. Like, I literally have no... There's no authority or expertise or like, I'm not saying that I know what's going on there is what I'm telling you. What I want to talk about today is what to do in times of despair. And I want to offer some hope for these dark times because this feels really heavy. It feels really scary. You know, once the United States and like China and Russia and these these big countries with big militaries start talking about, well, we're gonna get involved, it gets it gets really scary. I mean, I'm I'm 45. I grew up during the Cold War, and I remember as a child feeling so afraid of nuclear war. And I lived in Amarillo, Texas, which there's a a place there called Pantex where they used to make nuclear weapons, and now they dismantle them there allegedly. I don't know what they do there. But there was all this talk that like if Russia was going to bomb the United States, they would drop a bomb right on Pantex, you know. It's scary. And as people who have 
been living on Earth in the nuclear age? And how many wars have we seen just ourselves in our lifetimes? This is not something to be ignored or pretending like it's not happening. And it's a hard subject because, you know, on social media, you'll see a lot of people talking about like free Palestine and like respect to the people that are speaking out about it and also respect to the people that are keeping silent. And I want to send a shout out to people who are in the healing and holding space professions who are continuing to talk about other things and who are continuing to hold space for people who are suffering. You know, something I learned about myself in this process of spiritual awakening and working with medicine is that my nervous system is not capable of putting attention to all of the suffering that's happening in the world at once. We have an unprecedented ability because of technology to know what's going on in every corner of the world all the time. You know, we can see graphic images of death and destruction from this war delivered to, you know, we can see videos, we can see what's happening in real time. And if you are even the smallest bit empathetic, and most people are, it can start to take a toll. And there, there's also something that happened, I think, for me it happened around 9-11, where... You know, the news didn't used to be the way that it is now. It used to be the news was on at a time. I think CNN was really the only news network that was on 24 hours a day. And they didn't have all those, you know, those tickers at the bottom. And like all of that came from 9-11. And when 9-11 happened, it was like everybody got addicted to the news. And then it was just like news all day, every day, 24-7. And like, you know, when something happens, there is somebody covering it all the time and you can switch back and forth between you know the newspapers and the news stations and Twitter and and Facebook and social media and all these different places and find more dopamine hits of what terrible thing is happening now and you can get hot takes you know you can hear whoever is talking about it I actually tell my a lot of my clients especially the ones that have anxiety stop watching the news and stop following delete all news apps, whatever from your phone, like you have to stop engaging with this because it's amping up your nervous system into fight or flight, which is going to disrupt your sleep, disrupt your metabolism. It can, it's like, it's not healthy for us to be engaged in feeling the terror of others all the time. It's just not healthy. And it's especially not healthy for people who are already struggling with chronic pain, chronic illness. Trying to do this inner work of becoming balanced and then if you put your attention to something that is upsetting and that you have absolutely no power over in that moment, I'm not saying we have no power. I'm saying that watching the news and watching people get bombed in, in Gaza there's not a lot that you individually can do in that moment to stop it. And it can create feelings of hopelessness and despair and overwhelm and fear that like, is the world going to end? Are we going to have World War Three? You know, is it, is it going to be, what's going to happen and how, you know, how can I, what can I do? And that feeling of despair and hopelessness is not a small thing. That, that like, vibration of fear 
and hopelessness and there's nothing you can do and children are being murdered is it's serious and when you expose yourself to that over a long term it creates chronic illness and it, it creates disease in our bodies and so there's this moral and ethical conundrum that we come up against as spiritual people and that moral and ethical conundrum is wanting to, to, to look and to see and to witness the horror and, and not to ignore it and not to sweep it under the rug and not pretend like it's not happening. And how do you take care of yourself and do that? Because sometimes those two things cannot happen at the same time. And so part of what I want to offer today is, is permission and hope and and to give a little bit of, of spiritual context to, as I understand it, to how and why this stuff is happening and what, what can we do about it. And the first thing that I have to say about it is this conflict is currently, you know, between Israel and Hamas and, you know, whoever, all of the players that are involved. But what is overwhelmingly obvious is Israel is bombing the shit out of Gaza and killing a ton of innocent people and civilians and like blowing up hospitals and like doing really nefarious evil shit. And they're committing genocide against the Palestinian people. And I don't care which political affiliation you have, wanting to stop genocide is a human value. Wanting to stop the innocent slaughter of babies and and children and women and and any human <laughs> it doesn't you know men getting killed is not okay like wanting to wanting to be on the side of peace and and resolution is a human value it's not a political thing it's not a left-wing thing it's like you see that this huge military is crushing and destroying people's homes and killing them like because of their because of their race and their religion, essentially. We're against that, yeah? Okay, I'm glad that we can agree on that. And what you can do individually about this specific situation depends on what kind of person you are, what your strengths are, what, you know, what feels good to you as a person. If you're a social activist, you're a person that likes to go in, into the system and make yourself heard, great. Call your representatives, call your Congress people, start writing letters, send emails, demand that they support a ceasefire. That's a really easy thing to do. So I'll put some, some resources in the show notes uh, for how you can call your Congress people and your, your representatives. There's scripts and um, some places that you can donate money. These are some tangible actions that you can take to support a ceasefire in Gaza immediately. Um, you know, the United States as a hardcore military relationship with Israel. I want to say again that supporting a ceasefire is a humanitarian action. It's not against Israel or the Jewish people whatsoever. This is not the way. And and war is not the way. And that's the thing that is so difficult about all of this is like, 
you know, as we get, we get more and more technology and we get more and more capability and we have like these huge monkey brains and what we're doing with them is killing each other. And looking at it from a more conscious perspective, you can see that we've been doing it like this for eons. All of human history has been bloody and violent and one group overthrowing another group and one group saying this the way that we live is right and the way that you live is wrong and the way that we look is right and the way that you look is wrong and our blood is more pure than yours. I mean, that's what genocide is about, killing off an entire race of people based on their religion or their color or their beliefs or where they live or whatever. And it's it's one group against another. And this groupthink men- mentality of like, okay, well, I identify with this group, <clears throat> so therefore I hate this other group and and believe that, you know, they don't deserve to live and and that by any means necessary that their destruction is is required for my own happiness and the thing is none of that is true we individually all want the same things we want happiness we want safety we want liberty we want freedom we want the freedom to be ourselves the freedom to worship the spirit the way that we see fit and the freedom to express ourselves and to have a home and to have land and to have clean water and food to eat and, you know, uh, good livelihoods. And all of these things are universal. You know, it's not like we get ourselves in these factions and these parties and these groups and we fight and we decide that one group is supreme over the other group. You know, we've decided that white people are supreme over people of color. And we've decided that we decided that the the colonialists and the oppressors were able to come and take the land away from the native people. And, you know, this colonialist capitalist society is in decline. And the people that are creating the violence are the ones that are recognizing that their time is coming to an end. And unfortunately, in human evolution, and as our consciousness has evolved, this is what it looks like when the change comes is it's bloody and it's ugly and it's violent and people die. And it's, it's a difficult and painful truth to look at. And it's also important to understand that these things are working themselves out in the consciousness all over the place. You know, we have, we are living in a time of extremes, extremes, extreme wealth, extreme power, extreme imbalance, you know, extreme, extreme tilting into the hands of a very few, the power, the money, the resources, the control. And when that happens, it is inevitable that the scale will attempt to balance itself. And what that looks like is people's revolutions. You know, it looks like the people realizing that they don't have to take the shit anymore. And and we haven't gotten to a place yet where we, we know how to do that without violence. It, well, violence is the language of the oppressors. And when you are committing violence toward people for so long, when you take their hope and you take their food and you take their water and you make them your slaves, you're creating violence. That's the nature of, of how oppression works. When you crush someone, you're, you're creating an urge in them to revolt. And stepping into a higher consciousness is 
a luxury when that's happening to you, you know? Sometimes sometimes the only way to save yourself is through violence. And that kind of that kind of violence is different than the kind that is committed by the state onto innocent people who don't have any power and don't have any resources and don't have any ability to save themselves. In the greater human experiment, these things are unfolding. Why? Because consciousness is experiencing itself. Consciousness is experiencing what is it like when four people have all the money? What does it look like when groups of people are oppressing each other? You know, what, what will humanity do? What will be born out of this extreme imbalance and injustice? And I mean, this war is just the current example of, of where this, this extreme prejudice is happening. So right now it's Israel and Gaza and Palestine. Before it was Ukraine and Russia, and that is still going on. There are wars and oppression and injustice and people with power abusing people without power all over the world. It's so overwhelming. It's so scary. It can be, it can be really hard to look at all of it and to take it in. You know, you'll, if you look online, you'll see people, lots of people talking out about this, lots of people sharing how they feel, supporting, you know, Palestine, supporting sharing the voices of the people that are there. This is amazing work. And I'm really grateful that there are people that are doing that. And I'm also really grateful to the people who are, who are acknowledging what's going on and who are choosing to hold their silence. Because I don't know about you, but as a space holder and a facilitator and a person who takes care to guide other people on their own journeys within. I cannot take a war and bring it into my nervous system and do a good job at what I'm here to do on this earth. I can't put, and I have done this before. (laughs) In my past, I was an activist. I was the ones marching in the streets. I was the one shutting down the government. I was the one protesting at the Capitol in Austin. I was the one holding up the sign. I was the one working the abortion hotline. I have spent so much time in those trenches. I know what they are like. I worked for the Red Cross for eight years. My body and my nervous system were so activated all the time from the anger that I felt at the government and the injustice and the poverty and the loss and the devastation that I saw as a person working in social service And I drank to cope with it. That was part of one of the reasons that I was drinking so much. And everybody in my industry was drinking a ton because it was the only way we could disconnect. It was the only way we could put down the trauma and the tragedy and the loss. And, you know, I think, I think it's easy to, to say like, well, you're not silence is a statement and I'm choosing to speak about this on this podcast now because it's weighing on my heart, but you're not going to see me railing about it on social media because I can't use my energy in that way. And I have given myself permission not to use my energy in that way. 
I don't talk about racism. I don't talk about, I don't talk about gender identity politics. I don't talk about politics, period, because I can't focus on that and be an effective support for other people. I can't focus myself outwardly on the conflicts and, and injustice in the world and take care of my own nervous system and show up in a way that doesn't create more trauma for myself and for other people. And as I have grown in this work, the way that I have learned that I can do my absolute very best in this work and in the world as a human being who wants to be a good person, who wants to do no harm, is to take care of myself. And for me, that means I don't engage and I don't have anything to say because it's not my place to say it. That doesn't mean that I don't support a ceasefire or that I don't want the violence to stop or that I'm ignoring it or I don't know what's going on. I absolutely know what's going on. And I, I choose not to ingest all of that because I, I literally can't. And I want to <laughs> offer you an opportunity to give yourself permission not to engage. Do what you can. You don't have to drown in it, you know? So one of, the, one of the things that has really been like rocking my world this year is I have become obsessed with orientation. And what I mean by orientation is like, where do you point your compass? Like, where is your North Star? Where are you getting your motivation, your value, your self-worth? Where is that coming from? Is it coming from within you? Or is it coming from source and spirit? Or is it coming from outside you? Because we are programmed to get everything told to us from outside, from the news, from school, from parents, from institutions, from religion, from influencers. Like now, what are you taking in on social media and how is that affecting the way that you understand the world and what you feel about yourself and what you feel about what's going on in the world and how you should be and how you actually feel and how you actually are? Because a lot of times those two things are very different. We spend so much of our time outward, outwardly oriented we have lost the ability to hear ourselves. We are disconnected from our we're disconnected from our intuition. We have lost the ability to speak the language of our bodies. So our bodies are getting sick and they're telling us, warning sign, warning sign, warning sign. These are the signs, like pay attention, pay attention. And we can't hear it because we're looking outside. And if we do hear something from the body, instead of going inward and checking in with the body, we're like asking someone outside of us to tell us what's wrong and taking supplements and like, and externally orienting to look for solutions outside and the solutions aren't outside and if you're listening to this podcast you know that because <laughs> people who take plant medicine and psychedelics are not looking for solutions outside anymore they've decided that the solution is inside and they want to have a key to open the door so they can walk into the temple and that that's really been on my mind the last few weeks is, you know, I've spent the last four years calling myself a psychedelic integration coach because I work with medicine. Medicine is the lens through which I view spiritual work, but the work I do is spiritual transformation. The coaching that I do is spiritual coaching. I am working with people to find solutions to challenges and to find their way home to themselves. And that has really nothing to do with the medicine. The medicine is the tool it's like the paintbrush that the painter is using to paint the painting. You don't sit around and worship the paintbrush. You're like, oh my God, look at this beautiful painting. 
It's the same with psychedelics. We're using them to go inside, to go into a deeper relationship to consciousness and to spirit. And then we're just sitting around talking about them all the time. It's like, what is beyond that? That is what I'm interested in. And, and I think that finding your way into a spiritual path is the best way that you can make a real, tangible, practical difference on this earth in your lifetime. It's not changing the system. The system is fucked. And if we're going to unfuck the system, we have to unfuck ourselves. Because what's happening on the macro level in countries, you know, in wars, what is happening in individuals that's creating that? Because the system is made up of individual people. And each individual person is choosing to participate in this like horrific thing that's happening. There are people dropping bombs on these children in Gaza. There are people choosing to enroll, enlist in the military and be tools of the system. And a lot of those people don't have choices because of the way the system has built it. You know, they're funneling people into their military because... They make it so that they can't do anything else, you know? They're like, ooh, come get an education. Come get a job. Because you can't find a job in your little town because all the industries are gone and all the resources are dried up because we use them all because capitalism. And, you know, so this is what late-stage capitalism looks like. We can't be on unfettered growth and using everything forever. It creates instability. And we, you know, you would hear the buzzword of, like, sustainability, for a couple decades now. It's like, oh, we need to have a sustainable future. And it's like, fuck sustainability. Sustainability is how can we keep doing what we're doing without running out of things? That's that's not what we want. We I don't want a sustainable world. I want a world that's better off than when I... That, I want to leave a world that's better than when I got here. I want there to be more rivers and more trees and more mountains and more lakes and more beauty and more ocean and more coral reefs and more species and more plants and more air and more clean everything for the generations that are coming after us. And so how do we do that? How do we, how do we go from being crippled by reading about what's going on in the world on our phones and giving ourselves panic attacks and not being able to sleep and feeling personally responsible? What do you do? And the answer is, what do you do? Turn it inward. Stop looking outside of yourself for answers. The answer is not out there. The best thing that you can do for Israel and Gaza is pray for them. And I know that that sounds like, oh, we're going to pray. We're going to, you know, like, I'm not talking about the Christian, like, we'll pray for you. I'm talking about, I have a really deep connection with spirit. I know that spirit is real. And I pray every single day and I include prayers for the suffering that is happening in the world because I want my energy to go to that suffering and soothe. And maybe some baby gets that and maybe somebody finds their child in the rubble because I made that prayer. I'm not talking about like lip service to prayer. I'm talking about sending your energy, your good vibration, your health, your wellness, your love, your clean water, your wealth, sending it over there. And if you have the ability to support people financially, do it. Like, what are we using all this money for? To get more stuff? Come on. We have the ability to make big changes. And the way that you start making a big change is changing yourself. 
and becoming the person that you actually are, not a collection of programs and shoulds and externally directed being. You have to decide that you want to be you and that your heart is wise, that your body is wise, and that you have all the answers that you need. That is the reason to do plant medicine. It's not to look at it as another thing that you can consume to fix things. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't. And putting it inside of the medical you know, the, the medical system is going to make people treat it even more like, oh, this is just another pill to take. We're not taking pills. We're not taking pills. We're taking a spirit. We're asking for help and guidance. So consider this your permission to go within and to ask yourself, what do you need to take care of yourself to show up in the world in a healthy and healed and compassionate and loving way? That is the purpose of the spiritual path is to find peace within yourself so that that is what radiates outward. Spending all your time feeling bad because you can't do enough or you're not saying enough on social media or whatever, beating yourself up because you're not doing it right, it's not helping anyone. It's not helping anyone. Imagine what the world would be like if everyone had the resources to take care of themselves, to live in a home that they love, to have the necessities that they need, to have land, to, to grow food, to, to be able to gather together in families and communities, to not be spending all of the waking hours working and toiling just to have material stuff to put a roof over your head, to put food on the table. What would it look like if everyone in the world was thriving instead of starving instead of being overfed and undernourished, instead of being distracted and entertained. I think entertainment and healthcare are like the biggest things that all of our money is spent on, and defense. Entertainment, healthcare, and war is what we're spending all of this, the abundance of the earth on. It's fucking ridiculous. We didn't come here to, to do this. We came here to change things, you know? And you can't change things by fighting with people on the internet. You can't change things by spending hours doom scrolling and being like, oh my God, the world is horrible and we're all going to die. Like, what's the point? I know so many beautiful people who come to this work so close to giving up. They're so close. They don't want to be here anymore because it's too heavy. It's too much. So many people, so many young people carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders, looking around at the earth and the devastation and being like, how am I supposed to live here? How am I supposed to make a difference? What do I do? And because you don't feel empowered that you can change the whole system and stop what's happening yourself, you just give up and you say, well, it's not worth it. I don't want to be here. What's the point? And I invite you to look deeper because the point is we are magic machines built by this earth herself she created us she's our mother we're wild animals with the technology of billions of years of earth knowledge and wisdom inside of us we're so wise our bodies know what to do you know we've we've put all the emphasis on the brain and the mind and you know we're clever we're little clever monkeys <laughs> well what are we doing we're we have guns 
and we have knives and we have tools and we can hurt each other and that's what we do with her and we can hoard and we can be like I'm the monkey with the most money and I'm the monkey with the most toys and I win like that's not evolved those are not the smart people the people hoarding all the money when they could be using it to stop war and save people and give them clean water and make the earth nice and they're using it to build spaceships give me a fucking break that guy's the smart guy that we're looking for answers from I'm not I know I'll buy Twitter with all my money like <laughs> really <laughs> come on what is wrong with these people I don't know but it's not my place to know. My, my, my place is to focus on myself. What can I do in myself? How can I be more gentle with myself? How can I be more loving with myself? How can I be more compassionate and understanding and sweet and generous and kind and open-hearted and open-minded? How can I be more accepting? How can I be more allowing? How can I allow myself to receive so that I have the capacity to give freely. How can I trust more? How can I do more right here in this moment, in my own life? That's the answer, fam. The answer is not looking out there and feeling paralyzed. Stop looking. Look where there's space to move. Look inward. Look where there's space to make room for something else. And if you need to dig out the things that are causing you the pain, find out whatever you need to do and do it. Put your resources toward helping yourself so that you can help others when it's time. Put your mask on first so that you can be a light bearer and a light carrier in this world. That's what it means to be a light carrier. It's not about, oh, look at me, I'm a spiritual healer. Like, oh, I'm healed now, so I can help other people. No, we're in the trenches healing this shit together in real time right now. That's what healers do. Healers heal themselves over and over and over and over, and then they pass that healing on. And they say, look what I did for myself. Here, let me show you how to do it for yourself. We empower each other. We're not saying, oh, let me lay my hands on you and take your, take your suffering away. That's not what it's about. It's about inviting others into the circle. Recognizing that everyone you look at is your brother and your sister. And we're all here together to do this as a family. So send your prayers. Send your love. Send your light. Send your money. Send your time. Send your words if you need to. Do what you need to do to feel good and full in yourself. Speak out about whatever is going on and what matters to you. And hold the silence if that's what you need to do as well. Because there's just as much power in silence. And turn your gaze inward. Because that is where the hope is. It's inside you. If you've been waiting and hoping things would get better and trying a bunch of different stuff and nothing's working and you're listening to podcasts and you're looking online and you're looking outward, we can't keep waiting. You need to heal yourself now. You need to be in your power now. You need to let go of these crutches of this suffering, this whatever is blocking you from being a force of nature in the world. Do it. Because we don't have time to wait for things to get better. And waiting for like things to go back to quote unquote normal, they're not going back to normal. This is normal. And it's up to us to step up and make the, make the new world happen. 
to build the foundation because the foundation that this other world has been built on is crumbling and good because I don't want to live in an unjust world that's built on supremacy and extraction. I want to live in a world that's built on collaboration and connection and love and family and taking care of the earth and being in connection with the power that we have as wild living beings. I want to live in a place where everyone is connected to source and whatever means you need to do to get to that, do it. Maybe it's plant medicine. Maybe it's a spiritual practice. Maybe it's finding someone to support you. Get a spiritual bestie and get your work done because we don't have time to be fucking around anymore. The time is now. So thank you, family, for listening to this podcast. Like I said at the beginning, you can find my resources on my website, SinclairFleetwood.com. There's lots of options to work with me, and I'm here to support you. This is the work of my life. I'm here to support the family, support the community, and to help people rise up into their power. Because what else is there? This is the way that I know to make a difference in the world. And what I do in my own life changes the world. And it will for you too. So thanks for being here. Have a good day. See you next time.